Hello internet and welcome to episode 55 of the Deep Fried Neurons podcast and I would not waste your time because I do the same thing in the intro and then in the introduction of the recording itself whenever I do an interview and I realize that so I'm just going to cue the fucking Hello 10 people who listen to my podcast so I'm coming in recorded through a hotel literally built in the 1940s and today I have with me uh, Aditi who you've met before on this podcast on episode 52 and we're talking about Panopticon uh, Aditi you want to reintroduce yourself Hi I'm Aditi um I am an architect and a art historian and a cultural manager and i work for tifa i do their programs and do some curation and design and stuff like that yeah and um the reason aditi is uh, talking about panopticons with us is because um, was it during college yeah masters yeah during her yeah. masters she's written a, a research paper about panopticon yeah more or less i mean yeah what was the title again i'm sorry <laughs> uh so my the, the title of my research was um practice in place so it essentially dealt with how space uh, is more than just a physical entity mm-hmm. uh, but something that requires human intervention and is like extremely philosophical and stuff like that i did not understand space very much when i was studying and practicing as an architect <laughs> but <laughs> uh when i read uh, foucault and i read and a couple of other sort of space theorists i kind of understood what goes behind making a space happen and that is how i came across the panopticon and it hijacked my life for a couple of months so yeah <laughs> so um interestingly that's exactly where my interest in the in the panopticon started as well because i read foucault and then i got really interested into this concept as to what it speaks to yeah and how it's related to gaming Ooh, like that's that's where <laughs> i started um interestingly my interest my interest in the panopticon was from uh, gears of war oh yeah <laughs> nice and then i i read that jeremy bentham is the one who came across like who made the concept of the panopticon yes. functionally for prisons so that we require the least number of guards mm-hmm. and uh, the most number of inmates inmates yeah. at a- any given point but that's not where he stops he says that we could use this for mental health care institutions hospitals and schools yes and uh, that's where he threw me off a little bit and i understand why fuko was so skeptic yeah <laughs> about the panopticon skeptic is an understatement foucault literally started that piece with uh, how like with a plague yeah <laughs> which is so skeptic is quite an understatement and it's not just schools and um, and uh, mental institutions and hospitals and things of that like but this philosophy of uh, having a space of this kind um has also transcended to urban design to uh, like to some extent mm-hmm. uh there have been a lot of designers and architects who believe in the philosophy of you, you can call it multiple things you can call it bird's eye view you can call it surveillance you can call it mm-hmm. uh, aerial view whatever you feel like but at the end of the day they kind of speak about how you 
um, uh, how you look at space and not practice it mm-hmm. and how sort of uh, that forms as a as a that forms like a layer of just visually creating a space and not physically mm-hmm. creating it um i just realized we're getting ahead of ourselves we'll get sorry, back yeah, to that yeah, yeah 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 i just want to explain to my audience what an, what a panopticon is uh, would you like to do the honors okay so physically a panopticon is um imagine a tower surrounded by uh, a donut if you will um the tower has blaring lights um looking into the donut the donut has windows on the outer ring and on the inner ring but the people inside the donut cannot look at what's happening in the tower mm-hmm. but the people in the tower can look inside the donut so over here the donut is where the inmates are kept and the tower is where your uh, officers or your um, whoever is managing the mm-hmm. prison or school or whatever is kept so it is uh clearly uh, an attempt to um segregate mm-hmm. um like fuko puts it in a way it's like you instead of creating a community you want separate theatrical separate theatrical elements of each and every inmate so it is easier for you to look at them he goes to the extent of saying that um it should be to a point where it doesn't even matter if someone is in the tower mm-hmm. just the fear of someone being in the tower should be enough exactly but bentham put it that way like it wasn't that fuko's made that up in his mind no 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 is that bentham actually created the architectural yeah. not i mean which bentham i'm not sure was it jeremy bentham jeremy yeah um there are there is dispute as to like which one of the benthams came up with it apparently samuel bentham came up with it but jeremy bentham explored the idea further Yeah, I as far as I know, um the actual structural design which is quite complicated was devised uh, predominantly by Jeremy, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong like if I'm wrong please tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe it was conceptualized by his brother and then he um he sort of worked on it because it's a yeah. f- extremely complicated architectural marvel if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um a uh, I mean one of the first interactions I had with the concept of the panopticon is uh, in like my class of criminology <laughs> and uh, basically the the point of that being they gave us the example of a prison made in I think Serbia I'm not sure Eastern Europe for sure hmm. and uh, the way this uh, prison was made was that literally a watchtower in the middle and all the inmate cells were angular so that the watchtower could look at that yeah and there were five blocks of those yeah so that they could watch it for example one place where my viewers might have seen this is the first guardians of the galaxy yes yeah. yes that's, true that's exactly a panopticon exactly yes that is it yes so when it comes to that does that speak that panopticon is exclusively a device of the state to control like would you think that's a fair statement um i think it is so much more than that mm-hmm. um i mean it could uh, yeah to begin with it could be a device for the state to control but uh, as a spatial module i feel it's just like um a device to um insinuate control without having actual control if you 
if you sort of mm-hmm. get the drift of that um it's kind of like um you know when you're giving an exam and there's a teacher around and just the idea of having the teacher around say the teacher is sitting at the back right and the idea of having the teacher around makes you not want to cheat mm-hmm. even if the teacher is sleeping or is like absent minded or whatever i think this is the spatial equivalent of that so it may have started off as a very conscious effort for state control um but i think as a special uh, philosophically special element it has turned out to be segregational more than mm-hmm. anything else it's just a mode of segregation it's a mode of sort of which is why i said it has deep uh, uh, sort of effects into how we look at urban planning now mm-hmm. um but we can go back to that later i don't want to digress I mean, right now i i don't mind getting into it right now actually the why so i understand why prisons need a panopticon mm. i don't understand why schools or um hospitals do for that matter because security security concerns in these places are not as great as prisons Correct. not to say that they're, that they're not important at all mm. but it seems like the if the entire point of a panopticon is to make you feel like you're being watched even though you're not then it feels like that's that's a method of control not it is exactly it is so why did delve into urban planning so far is so it is very interesting um again i from whatever i have read it it caught on as a philosophy mm-hmm. and the philosophy had different names like in urban planning for that matter it could possibly be looked at as a bird's eye view mm-hmm. so this brings me back to the other part of my research which in like included pan- the panopticon which was on a book called the practice of everyday life uh, which is by michel disserto mm-hmm. i am probably screwing that up but correct me if you can um and what essentially the book talks about is how it talks about manhattan it talks about new york and how um when you detach yourself from new york and try and look at it from the empire state building for mm-hmm. that matter how you perceive it versus how you perceive it when you're walking through manhattan mm-hmm. and uh, the argument that the, this book makes is that um, when you are actually walking through manhattan you are practicing the place which means you are forming the space around you by walking through it uh as opposed to that when you're looking at it from top uh you are looking at a place not a space so this theory sort of combined with the theory of um of panopticon uh, made this disastrous little cocktail uh which uh, i'm going to be uh, maybe i don't know if a lot of architecture buffs listen to your podcast but uh, i could get trolled for this but someone as talented as and famous as corbusier also mm-hmm. um uh, sort of he <laughs> go ahead I mean, nobody stopping he you. was he he so i found out very recently uh that uh, he actually was making city plans for mussolini Mm-hmm. which <laughs> which uh, 
broke my heart <laughs> and made sense at the same time and made sense at the same time <laughs> but yeah so uh, uh, another example about this that i found out through a bunch of archives was when i was uh, studying chandigarh um so chandigarh if you do or do not know uh, uh, it was built by this dude from switzerland kobuzier yeah. uh uh-huh. so kobuzier is like this architecture poster boy um Uh, Nehru wants to build a um, a city that is like the new chapter in modern Indian oh. history mm-hmm. and this and that. So he calls Kabuzia to make the city. And at some point, a lot of things happen. At some point, Kabuzia gets kicked out because of the way he suggests housing. Mm-hmm. And there is a bunch of archives which say that uh, it was because he suggested housing in like a panoptistic manner mm-hmm. uh which is why because he did believe in a certain sense like if you do read a little bit of his philosophies he believed in a certain sense of segregation and hierarchy if not in, in within individual families but within housing or whatever uh i like to look at it from the perspective of a good planner mm-hmm. <laughs> and not someone who who likes to segregate people but um shit man this like this opinion is going to get me so much hate <laughs> no, but <laughs> just to add credibility to your opinion the way chandigarh is designed now is that there are city circles everywhere correct right they look like at any given point god forbid if the state needs to take over the territory yes there is a perfect place to be a sniper to be placed um exactly <laughs> and in a, at a high range place looking at the entire street corner yes. in all four directions so here is when visibility comes in when mm-hmm. the fo- so uh, i'm trying not to be technical over here but when the focal point has visibility and the periphery doesn't that is where your trouble begins and now i want like all of you all to think about how your cities are designed and who is getting visibility where are you in your building or your house getting visibility or is someone at the chalk getting the visibility that sort of helps you figure out what side of the uh, panopticon uh, mm-hmm. surveillance spectrum you lie and you will be surprised <laughs> by the amount of times <laughs> you can't see things but things can see you mm-hmm. it it's it's astonishing and amazing and uh, not something that you find in stuff that is built organically yeah in like your chawls or in your any like your regular organically growing city plants uh it forms like linear we call it nervous mm-hmm. so it kind of grows like nerves uh which means everyone gets access to the central spine and uh, everyone can look at it the spine can look inside and then you can take your measures to hide yourself or uh, but ever since we started planning again i might get hate for this a lot of it but ever since we started planning and it's not something i feel like it's not conscious mhm i have a feeling that it's not at this point it's not even like oh i want to build it like a panopticon mm-hmm. or i want to build it for segregation or what it is just how we look at things it's just how things are meant to be for us um which is what i find very interesting into how things have like passed on been passed on to us so sort of a sort of a parallel to this not necessarily a parallel to this but sort of a parallel to the same is that like you mentioned how we're gravitating towards this di- direction knowingly or unknowingly hmm. i feel like that's not how it is i feel like 
it was very obvious in the beginning yeah and eventually the state sophisticated its manner of yeah. like building this not just the state anybody who has the capital yeah, yeah, to like yeah. invest in the building it so. then starts affecting pedagogy and then you learn stuff without knowing why you're learning it and then you do it like exactly it's just how yeah. how these like, things are <laughs> one of the examples i would give is like where i started thinking about this is yeah. cover shooters <laughs> so i was i was playing gears of war Yeah. and I, the only reason there is stones in the middle or like <laughs> like cars that that have been parked is so that i can shoot from hiding behind this yeah right it's very obvious and mm. gears of war was what like last decade hmm yeah yeah after that oh it, shit it's old man yeah i know <laughs> oh my god uh, not just gears of war but like any cover shooter that you'll think of yeah. even that game that was set in dubai i forget its name Uh, all of them like these buildings that have tro- tossed over yeah. you know that the reason that this rubble is arranged this way is because i'm going to shoot around it yeah 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 but as the gaming industry progressed by say red dead redemption 2 that came out mm. or G- gta for that matter yeah all of that feels very natural yes but the the essential element of keeping a cover shooter as to how the furniture is arranged or hmm. how the traffic will stack up when you start a shooting in the middle of the street hmm. will be in the form of a cover shooter oh man yeah yeah so i <laughs> i think that's what happens is that is that a, like for example a, an entire community of people building for the same purpose yes sort of in no 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 purpose. i agree and the, you have to understand that a lot of indian cities um were after a point built by the british mm-hmm. and the this concept came and was like nurtured and grown in in britain yeah yeah like it came like it came from and like a lot of uh, like there's a there's a prison uh, facility in port blair uh which was made during the british, british rule in india which was made exactly on jeremy's footprint like mm-hmm. exactly the same design so we can't just ignore that i mean like and this is not some conspiracy shit this is just like stuff that actually uh, happened and you don't this is why i say it seeps into pedagogy mm-hmm. because we're talking about a time where pedagogy was governed by people who who were building surveillance mm-hmm. who were like specifically in this colony or specifically in colonies right and then it just sticks yeah like and then you don't look back at it no, after mean, a while think about think about something like you know asiatic library at uh, in mumbai yes the street right in front of it that i mean the moment i thought about the panopticon and that's the first thing that came into oh, my yeah. mind yeah 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 now the thing with that is it's really beautiful as well yeah so even if you don't like the idea itself you'll keep it for the aesthetic yes i i mean and i get it mhm i yeah do that do you it's okay this building was probably built by the british so it's like fine do that but like understand it from a perspective my issue with this is that now when we look at it i don't even practice architecture anymore right but now mm-hmm. when I see fellow uh, architects and someone look at it you look at it for for these things you look at it for philosophy and this is why this philosophy is important to teach mm-hmm. it is important uh, to so that we don't forget about it when you're admiring 
the beauty mm-hmm. of the building when we don't forget about it while we are looking at the building's historical importance mm-hmm. we need to like know this uh, and it needs to be taught in <laughs> in schools in in architecture schools uh, again i'm going to get so much hate for this I mean, uh, <laughs> speaking of schools yeah. i'm glad that they were there um i was like while i was reading about all of this now unfortunately the, the, i people are going to call me such an american hater but america is the only place where schools is where shooting happens america um, fuck it <laughs> we shouldn't <laughs> we really shouldn't but um keep keep aside my beliefs as to why they're happening Yeah. But um one of the most tragic incidents that this happened in was Sandy Hook. Yes. Right? Yes. And the when the Sandy Hook Elementary School was rebuilt. Yes. Uh the builders and the commissioners of the community hmm. felt very comfortable and to a certain extent proud calling it a panopticon. Okay. Um again, a sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. Um I just yes space has a lot to do with in with security mm-hmm. um but I'm sorry it is a school like I don't know how else to put it um I understand that you want to build space so that it is um it 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 takes care of the but who okay now i want to understand something because i haven't uh, read this or seen this mm-hmm. who is in the outer ring and who is in the inner ring again of of the school uh, the inner ring is well uh, any any amount of security uh, personnel that might need to be called anybody with the authority to do, do that and children are in the outer ring mm-hmm. the and children are not in the outermost ring no no there's a certain amount of security staff uh, inside uh, the also the way they've made it is so that it's away from the street so right. anybody approaching it right. would be approaching it in isolation from all directions okay all right and well, all the ou- outer rings have glass windows that are bulletproof yeah and uh, so that if anybody's approaching they could be seen if from any direction by anybody but can anyone can the can the inner ring have do the inner ring watch the children yes see that is where it gets <laughs> that's where it gets problematic it's that very is where grim. it gets like it like no don't do that like i get it but yes we have this fantastic concept but we can work on it we have enough uh, big brain power to <laughs> to you know figure it out so that we don't have mm-hmm. to like keep an eye on children come on don't do that please i mean that's not it uh, I think um after that I like kept on reading about architecture a- around the world. Yeah. Turns out Indian schools never abandoned that project. N- so like we from the British era we've been building schools the same way. Like yeah. you go to Xavier's the reason that ground is in the middle and the windows are around it I think there's a very specific reason so, for that. So okay no with this uh, with the uh, public buildings in india there's a multitude of things okay so uh-huh. the courtyard in india is a uh, part of uh, in bombay it doesn't make any sense because you're supposed to have it in places which are typically very arid mm-hmm. uh, so and it's it sort of um, functions as this uh, cooling spot which cools down your entire uh, building so it is a part of like the indian vernacular architectural language so i disagree like i disagree with the fact that it is entirely 
the panopticon because we did have sort of roots in this but when it comes to institutional buildings it gets tricky because then you did nothing about it my issue is not that you know uh, you pick this up you picked up this vernacular indian style of we only made uh, houses in this style or we made palaces in this style mm-hmm. or whatever and you picked it up great good for you but then the element of segregation and the element of keeping an eye on things of surveillance was sort of more, like it was so opportunistic mm-hmm. like it was this fantastic opportunity oh we have this you know this floor plan which gives us the perfect so i want to know i've never been to zavios does it have like a visual um sort of cone of vision of the sort like like no, that not, of an optical not in a traditional sense but yeah. uh the inner courtyard yeah. definitely is like it looks at all the classes yeah. directly yeah. from from the ground itself there's no yeah. there's no upper uh, hand yeah there which is sort of comforting i i guess yeah uh, but at the same time it's is built like one like the only thing that's missing is the central tower yes which <clears throat> which i think is uh, a very important missing factor mm-hmm. and it's good like fantastic we don't <laughs> we didn't do that but i feel like this institutionalizing uh, something like the panopticon has a lot to do with the idea of panopticon being propagated by Uh, the british mm-hmm. uh, but also certain elements from the way we built mm-hmm. like i don't need a co- i probably need a courtyard in rajasthan and i may not need a courtyard in bombay yeah because it's going to rain and then i'm going to i'm going to have to figure out how to drain it out and then like it's like <laughs> why why are you doing this to yourself <laughs> you know uh, uh-huh. it's like plain common sense um look at buildings around you and like just think about these things like think about oh does it make sense to have this here what is rain going to do to it what is because that is how we have built for centuries mm-hmm. like i'm saying it, like 5% of the time has been the time that we've been building like we build now mm-hmm. like 95% of the stuff that we have built before that is out of instinct like i feel hot so i want colder walls so i'll put cow dung on it like it makes sense right mm-hmm. so when you look at buildings from any time or you you uh even are thinking of making a building for yourself or whatever look at it from the perspective of what do i need like does it make does it make sense or do i have to put like am i making this shit out of glass heating it up and then putting an ac so that it heats up the environment and then heats up the building again like don't do that shit mm-hmm. please you know just think about it and i'm not saying go go back and uh, look at every single piece of vernacular architecture ever made i have done mm-hmm. that it it took up 5 years of my life you don't need to do that but just logic mm-hmm. you know just like true um before before we start getting hate in the comments yes. i want to address this properly is just that panopticon is a concept that makes me paranoid inherently is why this episode sounds so anti state <laughs> if you have a, a opposing opinion just just put it in the comments it's not that i'm, I'm not i'm not against your opinion i have my own problems with fuko as well I have my own problem with Foucault as well. Everybody does. Everybody has a problem yeah. with Foucault. Because I mean, is he a historian? Have you figured he that out? He isn't. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> he hated that term. 
that's what he did um <laughs> i actually pause while i call myself an art historian because of foucault like i pause and like think about it because i i think he called himself a theorist yeah he called himself i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but um also so when i was uh, when i was reading about the panopticon what i found really amusing <laughs> is that he starts with the plague yeah he like he doesn't he's just like here is some really depressing shit to start this amazingly more depressing concept <laughs> for you <laughs> and then he beautifies it like the way he like of course we read translations but mm-hmm. like it is beautifully described which makes you want like do i like the plague <laughs> like why am i romanticizing about this <laughs> it he tricks you he really tricks you he tricked me and i'm a very uh, i think i like to think of myself as a very objective reader but he he genuinely tricks me <laughs> from time to time so um no none of this is about the state it's about it's about space mm-hmm. i feel like i look at it from the perspective of just plain how you can make as much space as you like but the way you practice is changes everything, everything about it yeah changes everything and the panopticon is a perfect example of this like the one of the best examples um another good example of this is um so um there's a public park for example and someone makes a path in the public park there's a, a lawn also by the way just uh, quick side note the lawn is also like a horrible sort of um way of showing affluence and historically has been like uh, it does nothing for the environment mm-hmm. it does nothing for anything the lawn is lawns are basically shit i'm sorry um <laughs> they do they do nothing for nothing they've just been like oh i have this much money here look at my lawn lawn is like <laughs> this is how much land i can afford to waste yes correct <laughs> um Ooh. but we still have it and like still enjoy it and whatever um so if you someone makes a path in a lawn right and uh, there's hundreds of people taking the taking that path every day uh one day or someone like there's too many people on this path i'm going to just walk on the lawn screw that mm-hmm. and then people start walking on the path that this other guy is taking when he walks he makes another path mm mm-hmm. he sort of crumples the lawn the shape of the lawn is changing some of it scrapes off he like you can visibly see another path this is an example of how practice play, like changes mm-hmm. space you cannot dictate what an entire populace <laughs> is going to do with your city or your design which is a very difficult thing to snap out of even as a designer like mm-hmm. it is such i don't design buildings anymore i design exhibitions and um like i try to do it in a way that sort of so when i first started out i used to like give people ways to navigate it but i've and it's so because you're compulsive about it you're like okay this is something that i have made i want you to look at it like that uh but now i just gave up i've kind of been like no listen you do you it's okay because otherwise it's going it's just going to mess with my brain for the rest mm-hmm. of my practice you know and it messes with a lot of like designers brains like this whole like oh I, my client is asking me to do this bullshit yes he is she is they are going to do that you have to like i get it i get the frustration i felt the frustration but they have to live there you have to like mm. it's 
I understand it's your baby. I understand you're the designer, but like, and I know that it is difficult. But at some point, you have to also get that you are not going to sleep here every day. Mm-hmm. Someone else is. So like, what they want to do really, really matters. So I mean, this is a slight of a tangent, but like one of my architect friends told me that. the reason like when they're getting ahead of themselves as to how their space the space they create is going to be used yeah. and they get a little frustrated about that they just think of like am i becoming howard rourke from fountain head <laughs> is the <laughs> the worst character ever <laughs> oh my god and like <laughs> seriously the, the surprising thing is i've never met an architect who likes howard rourke is <laughs> <laughs> Who likes him? I want to meet these people soon. <laughs> anyway, we're getting a little off topic. Now, there's a last part that I really wanted to cover, and it's just a seed I want to like put into my audience's brain, is that a panopticon cannot be achieved without making an actual panopticon. Yes. Because I've been looking at CCTVs, for example. Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, I was in Britain for some time, mm-hmm. um, and uh, when I was there, um, it was—I don't know if this is still true—but it was supposed to be the most surveilled uh, country in Europe. Wow! So, like, when I opened my window uh, from my uh, house, which is on the first floor, there is a, a street lamp next to me with a CCTV camera on it, mm-hmm. which sort of like does a whole one eighty all day long. Can Kind of look inside my window. Uh huh. If not, my window can actually look into the the front yard of my neighbor. Mm-hmm. So and there were so many of these, and it was because I am from here that I didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, that I did notice notice it. Not that I didn't notice it. Uh, but if you sort of, I have a lot of British friends who just sort of didn't. They didn't care about didn't it. Didn't care about it. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't something that was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The camera is for safety, but for me, who has grown up in like a small town in Gujarat and like never dealt with any of this, like there is a there is a camera next to my bedroom window. That is messed up. <laughs> that is really really messed up. And if you sort of so, I lived in a very small town. Mm-hmm. I mean, not really a small town, but a relatively smaller town than compared to London, which is called Nottingham. And there was one time when I was doing my research on the Panopticon, where I did a little round of my university campus, which is huge, uh, has a lake in the middle, and there are cameras sort of looking down at the lake, mm-hmm. and like the cameras are like on this height and stuff. So yes, this shit happens. A lot in universities, in like, and I. Why do you need to surveil the lake? What is going to happen? What are the swans going to do? Like, wh- why do you need to do this? I get it if you're like you're looking at classrooms or galleries, mm-hmm. you know stuff that has. But this is like a. I get security, but this like there has to be a better way. Come on. I I think I mean just, I know this is a. A dumb place to take this to, but uh, now my audience has one more answer. It's like, where does Radiohead's music come from? This is it. We yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, if this is where they're living, definitely, definitely, somebody's gonna notice this. I mean, if you're if you're in Britain or are British, 
look around you count the amount of cameras you notice on your way to work or your on your way to tesco um yes you are going to tesco i know you are <laughs> um just like notice how many just count them and see what's waiting for you <laughs> yeah, but like i i feel like one of the counter arguments made to that is well it's actually helping our safety yeah i know but it does not need the safety does not need to be outside my bedroom window <laughs> i understand your point like come on you know it's like i said i get that you have a bunch of cameras on the south bank i get that you have a bunch of cameras okay at your parliament uh some on tate some at the national gallery i get i get all of this but why does my residential area mhm need this much of this like i feel like on some level it's a mix of like uh skepticism mm-hmm. uh combined with a lack of planning to be very honest because you so generally i would go about it like looking at your hotspots what what do i need to surveil if i have to surveil mm-hmm. right uh and then uh making sure that my cameras are only surveilling that but when you combine that with the emotion of but stuff could be happening over there too at the back mm-hmm. uh, you kind of want the camera to move 180 yeah, yeah so it's a combination of like paranoia skepticism and like screw the planning i'm just going to have cameras everywhere mm-hmm. everyone needs to be looked at stuff like that so it's something that needs to be and we all know what mass hysteria and mass paranoia can do yeah yeah <laughs> so it's just something that needs to be looked at um at a larger scale at a larger perspective needs to be looked at and this is why having panopticons at schools is horrible because you're like raising children to believe that they need to be looked at all the time to be safe which is ridiculous like it's it's a thought that's disturbingly disturbing to be comfortable with yeah it, it that's it nothing else i mean i understand that in in the long run it might actually turn out well for us it just looks like something that could be abused very easily like very very easily and also i feel like this is the worst time for me to talk about this because this this is where i'll come with the hardest bias because mm-hmm. i just read a, a bunch of fuko i just read uh, edward snowden's book and uh, like along with that i've been i've been uh, reading like where did minority report come from and i read alice huxley right before that <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good reading list it's <laughs> a like i i'm i'm on my list to like be on every government surveillance list <laughs> like <laughs> do we need I, a- i do not read these books back to back just if anyone's <laughs> listening <laughs> too late you're on my podcast <laughs> twice <laughs> so that's why we also the way we joke about it on the internet hmm. it's i understand that this generation is at least too worried but i feel like that's a joke that will die out by the time like generation i takes over yeah like my fbi agent crying over my crush rejecting me is a is a good meme now yeah. but we see what the point is behind it yeah. i feel like when that meme dies that would be a sad thing because you'll be comfortable being looked at like forever <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to sound like a fucking boomer who's afraid of the of, of the future but probably we should I am be. afraid of the future. <laughs> I really really am. <laughs> don't boomer me. No. Uh, think about the fact that recreational oxygen is already a thing. 
so i don't i really don't want to i don't want to think about it um coming back to like the literature it comes from the most critical that i've read about the panopticon is of course um Michel Foucault. Yeah, Foucault. Yeah. Uh, but I should like just to be honest, I should tell people why Foucault is not the most reliable philosopher out there. Yes. I understand. Like, don't get me wrong. He's an important part of my reading list, and I think you should read Foucault at some point in your life. Just not where you should start. Um, read Foucault when you're comfortable with being critical about yourself. Yeah. I think that is very important and it I feel like reading Foucault teaches you how to be critical about yourself. Uh I have turned into the kind of person who has arguments with herself. Mhm. And I feel like I owe that to Foucault a lot. Um and I think it's important to do that like um yes I do not have one fully formed thought in my mind but that's okay because I have it's okay like it's fine mm-hmm. I don't I don't really have um it sometimes makes it very difficult for me to write but that's uh, that's uh, that's something that i'm ready to deal with for the idea of having enough capacity to look at myself and be like hey you're wrong uh, or mm-hmm. hey like look at this hey deal with this uh, i think that's um, very important when you are dealing with history because you're going to be proven wrong at some point mm-hmm. someone is going to come and prove you wrong when you're dealing with history theory visual culture especially art history uh, stuff like that someone's going to be mm-hmm. like no 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 not this that and then you're going to have to like be um um open enough to and fuko helps you with yeah, that yeah, so that's why you need to read fuko uh the reason i brought that up is because i wanted to get into the last segment i had reserved for um uh, panopticon yeah uh, which is unethical uses of the panopticon fun <laughs> interestingly it's the it's about the book which i hated the most from fuko where i thought he his game was the weakest <laughs> at the same time it is the one where i think he's been proven the, for, furthermore the best so far yeah um So the book I'm talking about is Madness and Civilization where yes. he he deals with how madness was a form of eccentricity at some point and then it turned out to be completely institutionalized by the medical gaze which he further explains when he talks about drugs um but throughout, I, I, I. <laughs> yeah exactly now I have big problems with that outlook because well those people when they were set free and their eccentricity eccentricity was accepted they were also bullied when nobody was watching yeah and they were also subject for a lot of sacrificial rituals and what not yeah which is very inconsistent when it comes from foucault yeah but at the same time around the same time this book comes out rockefeller uh, rockefeller committee is that what they're called they released a paper which confirm mk ultra is a real thing oh uh. Okay. <laughs> and uh, for my view for my listeners who have not been regular listeners do you know about MK Ultra in detail? Yeah, not not in detail but I know about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean good that you know about it. But for listeners who are new I've already done an episode about it. I think it's episode 16. Check it out. Plug plug plug. <laughs> <laughs> but basically what happened was uh, American like CIA uh, tested drugs of mind control on their Oh yeah, I love this episode. Oh. <laughs> oh, please listen to this. It's amazing. Listen to this episode. It's fantastic. Thank you. Uh and how they did that was they would hire hookers 
who would bring them into CIA safe houses and then they would look them through a one-way mirror and yeah. observe without their consent. Yeah. And which is the most jarring part because <laughs> the more you read about the panopticon the more crazy you sound to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so uh is it how far do you think is is it reasonable to let the concept of the panopticon fuck with you? Is my question. How far is it sorry. Is it reasonable? reasonable to let it's not reasonable to let the pen up like what no <laughs> it is not i am sorry i am uh, slightly idealistic for this <laughs> please don't let the pen opticon fuck with you uh, read about it so that it cannot fuck mm-hmm. with you Fair um, uh, be why do i sound like someone is asking people to be vigilant <laughs> but be vigilant <laughs> <laughs> See now you're definitely on a government surveillance list. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But um also look at it from perspectives that go beyond space. Uh, like my idea of space has um um grown a lot since the last couple of years especially uh, since I've become relatively active on Instagram. Mhm. Uh because now you can be looked at in different ways. Yeah. So don't just look at it spatially. when you have an uh, so okay when i have a private account and you have an open account and i can stalk you but you can't stalk me what is that hmm dum 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 yeah <laughs> this is big brain time <laughs> so yeah like be very very aware of it i would mm-hmm. say uh, think of it as more than something that is physical um and um just like i feel like if we forget very easily that we are in the tower too mhm you know we very like easily it's so easy to ignore that yeah if you are in the tower just check yourself is mm-hmm. all i have to say about that and that's how you don't let it mess with people mhm you know there will be times when you're in the tower there will be times when you're in the donut like if you're in the donut i'm sorry but if you're in the tower just like don't like run out Just mm-hmm. don't be there, you know. That's that's how you deal with this shit, uh, and hopefully more people sort of catch on. Mm-hmm. I sounds I sound like my mother. <laughs> I sound so idealistic right okay, now. Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am quite cynical in real life, but I don't know why. Right now, I feel like I feel the need to, mm-hmm. you know, because I read Foucault. Is it weird that Foucault makes me optimistic? Yes, that is. I'm yeah. That is the single weirdest thing that we have spoken in the last forty four minutes. <laughs> How does that happen? Like I don't know. My brain's wired a little, a little off. I guess I don't know. Like I read, I was like, oh my god, this is so da- so sad. I need to bring in some happiness in this life. Like I need to, I need to be slightly optimistic here and like train my brain to. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what studying history of art does to you. <laughs> um so uh, one final uh, tangent that we have time for and this is not related to the panopticon directly. Mm. Uh but like having uh, the discussion that we've had over the last 45ish minutes. Um mm. uh, would would it be safe to say that aesthetic is accidental and it follows the purpose of the structure Ooh, form follows function function yeah. follows form um, so where do um, you lie on that spectrum 
आई वुड लाइक टू बी इन अ वर्ल्ड वेर फंक्शन फॉलोज फॉर्म बिकॉज इट गिव्स अ लॉर्ड लाइक द डिजाइनर इन मी इज कैंड लाइक या मैन आई वॉन्ट डू दैट लाइक आई वॉन्ट टू बी एबल टू मेक समथिंग वैकी एंड मेक सेंस आउट ऑफ इट ऑल्सो लाइक इट्स ग्रेट फॉर लाइक बिग ब्रेन शिट लाइक इट्स इट्स फैंटेस्टिक फॉर दैट बट ऑन ग्राउंड राइट नाउ फॉर्म फॉलोज फंक्शन लाइक ऑल्दो वेन वी डाइव इन टू स्टफ लाइक virtual reality or augmented reality and stuff uh-huh. like that that's where stuff gets real and that's where um, i really enjoy it because i look at space like i couldn't before mm-hmm. or i wouldn't before and i wouldn't because i didn't have access to that that kind of and i just find it so plug by the way we're doing a festival on this Go ahead, plug it, plug it, plug it. <laughs> uh, we're doing a festival called Siberia, which has uh, works uh, on like in virtual reality, mixed reality, augmented reality. Uh, involves creative coding, machine learning, like really fancy stuff like that. Um, on the fourteenth, fifteenth, thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth of December, if you're in Pune, please come check it out. Uh, it's going to be really, really fun. Um, so there's that. So that's that's when I feel like. you know in that realm mm-hmm. is where you can actually have function follow form mm-hmm. but like our physical reality right now i yeah form this follow function okay. unfortunately i wouldn't want it to be that way for long though <laughs> um okay that's a good note to end this episode and uh, thank you aditi for being on the podcast thank you hope this was big paranoid big uh, big brain time i'm just going to like go home and think of happy thoughts and <laughs> try and fall asleep at night while not thinking of the guys who are looking at me <laughs> so yeah cool. okay fellow kids that's all i have for you this week and um i might get you more interviews eventually but uh, i think that's it for this month for now um it will be just me and you again for a while but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing uh except for the fact that i'll have to make content tighter and the research will be more extensive and it's a lot more work uh, help me <laughs> but um i hope you enjoyed uh, panopticon with aditi and um, i hope you're paranoid now because i am so <laughs> um that's that see you bye